Welcome to the Social University Podcast. We are so glad you're joining us today because we want to help business owners, entrepreneurs, and people just like you who want to build their business online. Listen, if we can do it, you can do it. So let's go. Good morning. I'm Karen Taradis with Social U, and let's talk about some of the worst mistakes you can make in social media. They're not complicated. I see people still making these mistakes all the time. Um, let's get into it, okay? October's going to be a great month. Next week, we're going to talk about reasons that you aren't meeting your marketing goals. The third week, we're going to talk about what to do if you get a bad review. Good ones too, but bad ones mostly. And of course, we have to close October with this year's worst social media nightmares because that's what we do every year. We're going to talk some about our own mistakes and um, some other public mistakes that were made this year in social media. There's a couple that just made me shake my head. Um, Kate Gate, I'm coming for you. So let's go ahead and get started. Don't do these. The top 10 mistakes to avoid. Seriously. And Everybody does it sometimes, but let's go ahead and jump in. Number one, most importantly, I think not checking your stats. You have to check your stats and insights, no matter what platform it is, so that you can find out if you're doing it right. What's working? What do your clients like? What does your audience want to hear? Are you posting at the right time? Are you posting to the right audience? Is it correct? Your stats will tell you all of that stuff. Like Facebook tells you when your posts spike, just like other platforms will tell you you're doing best at this time or best at this time. Or if they don't tell you exactly what time, you can do beta tests and see what you're getting the most engagement on. That makes sense. So check those insights and see what's working. And a lot of times the posts that I think are going to do incredibly well, well, they, they, A lot of times they do, but sometimes I'm surprised by what works and what doesn't work. So you must check your stats. Number two, not knowing your audience or ideal client. Okay. If you don't know who your ideal client is and you don't know who you're targeting, a lot of times that will lead you to be on the wrong platform. It happens. You cannot, well, I guess you could try to sell skateboards on Facebook, but probably not a good idea. You have to go where your audience is. If you're targeting 13-year-old boys and you're not on YouTube, it's not going to work. If you're targeting seniors and you're not on Facebook, also not going to work. You have to go where your best audience is going to see you. Number three, this is a, yes, it's a personal issue. Good morning, Becky. Um, Yeah, no, your audience is not everybody. Let me um, (laughs) refer you to our presentation from last week where we discussed identifying some of your your best audience. You, You have to know who you're marketing to. No, it is not everybody. It doesn't matter what your product is. It's not for everybody. Knowing your audience helps you refine your message and pick the right platform. So 100% the answer is no. Okie doke. So not knowing your audience a lot of times puts you on the wrong platform. Okay, number three. This is my one of my huge personal pet peeves, and it drives me um, crazy. So not having complete about information that includes contact information drives me crazy. You 100% have to have that 
on your social media bios. And most importantly, they need to match. You can't have some information on Instagram. You can't be Madison washes cars on Instagram and clean cars by Madison on Facebook. It needs to match. And whatever your tagline is on Facebook needs to be the same thing on Instagram, needs to be the same thing on TikTok. That information needs to be consistent, cohesive, so that it makes you easy to find. But for the love of Pete, include an email and a phone number. Different audiences like to contact you in different ways. Some people want to call, some people want to email. So you need to have information that caters to both audiences. Number four, one size does not fit all. All content is not okay for all platforms. If you're going to use the same idea or concept, you can. You can even sometimes use the same image. But a lot of times, 90% of the time, you need to change the message. You need to change the size so that it fits on the platform. and doesn't look like you jammed in the wrong size when it's supposed to be a rectangle and what you have is a square. And most importantly, and I'm, I'm going to say this twice so everybody in the back can hear me, you do not have to be on every single platform. It is not required for you to be on every single platform. Now, we're a social media company, and we get clients from multiple platforms because that's what we do. It is unusual to have a presence on every platform. And unless you're paying a social media manager, I think it's very difficult to maintain. Now, there are social media um managers out there. And there are brands out there that have a stellar representation on multiple platforms. That is not lucky. That is not accidental. Somebody is doing that on purpose in a beautiful schedule, very predetermined way. It doesn't just happen like that. But if you're a solopreneur and you're doing this on your own, first and foremost, you have to do what your bandwidth will allow. And that includes Um, not overwhelming yourself. I would rather see you post consistently once or twice a week than to come out of the gate posting five times a week for two weeks and then burn out and stop. Consistency, always going to win. So saying that, you don't have to be on every single platform. One, two, three, most of the time is the max for solopreneurs, just because that's a lot of content creation, truly. Now, if this is your priority and this is like if you're driving... Um, if you're driving audience to your website because that's what makes you money, it makes total sense for you to be on multiple platforms. However, if your end product is not financial payoff from the website, if you actually have a product or a service, you have to have time to do the service or the product. You have to have time to do the invoices. You have to have time to make the donuts. So that being said, you you can only do what you can do. Get good at one, get it locked down before you add the other. Most, most, not all, some people can do more than like some people have nine kids, which sounds insane to me because, I mean, seriously, that's a lot, a lot. You know who you are, Becky. So if you can handle more than one or if you can handle three or four, that's great for you. But don't feel pressured to do that. You don't have to be all things to all people. Okie doke. Number five, overposting, underposting, inconsistent posting. Consistency is best. Again, much rather see you do three really high quality posts a week than to have five where half of them are just kind of okay. Uh-uh. Hump, hump day is, is, serious. This is terrible. It's terrible. These Now, there are brands, Regions Bank, is not a client of ours, but I love their Instagram presence because they're one of the best corporate clients to embrace 
those individual days on um, like National Hot Dog Day or Talk Like a Pirate Day and do it well on Instagram. Can you celebrate small holidays? Sure you can, but you don't want to just do it randomly. You, you need to have a plan, of course, and you need to do it so that it benefits your brand. If you're going to do Talk Like a Pirate Day and you're a cooking creator, you may want to dress up and do a recipe that's pirate related. I can't think of a good pirate related recipe. Um, squab. <laughs> that's terrible. <laughs> but you see where I'm going. You have to kind of make it work for you. So yes, be consistent in your posting. Number six, it's not about you. It's always about what's in it for them. So you don't want to be too salesy, but you also, um, want to be transparent. So be who you are, represent who you are, but you don't want to shove anything down people's throats. And we do get this sometimes. It's not as bad as it used to be, but there are some clients who only want to sell stuff. They only want to talk about their own company. They only want to promote, promote, promote. And that's all. That doesn't normally work. People are not geared for that. Now, will they go look at your work if they're wanting to hire you? Absolutely. 100%. Do you need to have examples of your work? You bet you should, but that can't be all you do. It gives that used car salesman feel and it just wears people out. They're, they're just not, they're not here for it anymore. You can't be bad and maintain your audience. Now, there are a couple of social media accounts that are campy on purpose or go out of their way to be goofy on purpose. That's part of their branding. That's totally okay. But overall, you definitely need to think about overposting for salesy. Number seven, not responding to your comments, complaints, direct messages. You absolutely 100% need to respond to your comments, complaints, and messages. Um, I heard a, a, I was listening to a brand talk this weekend, and one of the things they look for when they are looking for influencers to pay to promote their product is do they respond to all of their comments? That makes total sense. That's a very engaged influencer. If you are putting content out and then ignoring the people who are talking to you, that's no way to build your community. That's no way to grow. The brands that have the best growth talk to their audience. If we get a comment on a post, we're going to talk to you. If we get a comment or a direct message, we're going to respond. You can't just leave it set forever. You, you have to engage with your audience. That's the best way to build your community. Um, number eight, not using video. Video is king. You 100% need to integrate video into your marketing plan if you have not done that yet. If you have done that, you need to make sure the video is great, your captions are on, you're using the right keywords, you're using the right tags, you're using the right thumbnail. It can always be better. There's always room for improvement, but video, 100%. Number nine, and I can't believe I have to say this in um, the year of our Zuckerberg 2023, do not buy followers. It will not help you. As a matter of fact, it can hurt you big time because if you have 10,000 followers and you only have a 1% engagement rate on Instagram, that screams, I bought these people. You're not going to get any kind of influencer or brand deals or sponsorship opportunities if you do not have an engaged audience and bought followers don't do anything for you. I would rather see 100 people who love you who want to see your information and consume your content and share it with their friends and family and loved ones than to have a thousand people who wouldn't recognize you if you hit them with a truck. You absolutely do not just don't buy followers. Seriously. 
don't rent email lists either. Let me just throw that out there. Um, the return on investment on rented email lists is abysmal. It's not even a half of a percentage. So, and uh, number 10, you have to have a call to action. Have to. And we, I hear this a lot. You have people who um, will look at a website, will be doing an audit and I'll ask the client, what's the call to action? And I get the, I get the deer in the headlights. Why would I want to stay on your website? Why would I want to give you my email? And um, story brand Donald Miller has said multiple times, only 2%, 2% of people will buy from you the first time they go to the website. What do you do with the other 98%? Well, you've got to woo them somehow. You don't want them to just come in and look and leave. You want to get that email. You want to capture their attention so you can market to them in the future. That's your future potential client. They had enough interest to go to the website at least once. There's a good chance you're going to get them to go back. That being said, you have to have a call to action. There has to be a reason for them to give you an email. Um, Your newsletter is not it. That ain't going to do it. Now, your mom may get super excited that you have a newsletter, but most people do not. You have to have a reason. We send out our podcast. We send out a tip of the week that's exclusive to our newsletter. That's the only place you're going to get it is in the newsletter. We um, And we always have a blog post. So we do send out content and how-to information in our newsletter, which is what we tell people. If you want to sign up, you want to you know, maintain and continue to learn and get those tips every week, sign up for the newsletter. Your big draw might be a recipe. Your big draw might be a coupon. Your, your reason might be sign up for our newsletter and you get 5% off your first purchase. Whatever it is, there has to be some motivation for the end user in order for them to want to give your email. People are getting smarter every day. They're more social media savvy. They're not just going to hand over whatever. You're going to have to earn it. So that being said, uh, we will be back. October is our spooky month. We try to talk about mistakes and train wrecks and scary things that go, you know, up in the night. Uh, Next week, we will be back. Our topic will be reasons you aren't meeting your marketing goals. Um, That's it for me this week. If you have a question or a comment, please feel free to leave that or send us a direct message. We will respond to you. And until next week, I'm Karen Taradis with Social You, and I'm here to help. Thanks, guys. Thanks for joining us for the Social University podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to follow us on all of our social media at Stay Social U. That's the letter U. And we will talk to you next week. Remember, you've got this.